0: You're listening to the Drumbeat Forever After. It's a podcast about the Bronze Age in the Near East. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm excited because this episode is my first interview with actual academics. So I recently came across a 2019 paper called Remote Sensing the Archaeological Traces of Boat Movement in the Marshes of Southern Mesopotamia. And among this paper's co-authors was Malath Fayada, who is an Iraqi grad student studying Sumer, specializing in the war between Uma and Lagash around 2400 BCE. And we also happen to follow each other on Twitter, By the way, shout out to the archaeology department at Al-Qadisiyah University. So I asked Malath if she wanted to talk about this paper, and she said she wanted someone to help her give an interview in English. So the person she brought to help her translate was Professor Jafar Jothari, who is a prominent geoarchaeologist and a co-author of the exact same paper. I happen to recognize him because he had appeared on the Thin End of the Wedge podcast on March 17th, 2021. I'd also come across a 2017 paper he co-authored on irrigation in Mesopotamia. So, this ended up being an interview with both of them. You will get more out of this interview if you speak Arabic, which I don't. The second half of this interview is more of a conversation in English with Dr. Jothari. He was in his backyard at the time. It's fitting that in an interview about the natural world of southern Iraq, we could hear descendants of the same birds that were singing during the Uruk period. So, I want to give a huge thanks to both Malath Fayadah and Jafar Jothari for their time and their patience, and their willingness to share their expertise with me, and, of course, to give an interview in their second language. So, I will play the interview itself in a second, but I want to give a little bit of an introduction to what we'll be talking about in the interview. So, for most of the Neolithic, we have no evidence of irrigation. Early agriculture was mostly dependent on rainfall, hence dry farming. So, sometimes people would plant on the floor of a valley, on the soil that was annually flooded by the river, but we don't have any evidence that people were deliberately altering a river's flow in a large way before the 5000s BCE. One practical reason for this is that in a river valley that cuts through the highlands, the river is necessarily at the lowest elevation. So because the river is at the lowest elevation, all of the dirt that you could plant crops in is going to be at a higher elevation than that water. And it'll be extremely labor intensive to move that water uphill. So you either plant all your crops on the river floodplain, because the river rises and falls at different times throughout the year or you just rely on rainfall and ignore the river entirely. But in the flat Mesopotamian alluvial plain, these rivers are slowly meandering across the plain, carrying lots of slow-moving sediment. Over time, this builds up both on the bottom of the river and on the banks. So eventually, the river is going to flow at a higher elevation than the nearby plain, because it will have deposited dirt under it, you know, again, raising up the floor, and because it will have deposited dirt on the sides, raising up the levees. So a crevasse splay is when the river breaks through the levees and flows out onto the nearby plain, depositing lots of fresh alluvial soil, which is great for farming in. And this crevasse splay is also the perfect starting point for irrigation, because now, unlike in highland valleys, the water is at a higher elevation than your farmland, and it starts flowing downhill at a definite point. So you can dig canals from that point around the plain, and of course that plain is now covered in fresh alluvial soil for you to farm in. To expand on the system, you could build up levees to make sure that the river doesn't leak out anywhere else. You could extend the distance outwards from the river to create a gentler slope, which is easier to engineer. And you could dig canals to other parts of the plain at the same elevation or lower, all of which allows you to create a network of irrigation canals connecting this natural leak from the river to all of your farmland in the alluvial plain. So remember, especially during the Ubaid, or the Ubaid, as I probably should have been calling it this whole time, Southern Mesopotamia was one big alluvial wetland, and early settlements were clustered on small high points because the landscape flooded so often. So obviously people were paddling boats through the wetlands to trade fish, gather reeds, and so on. They were also moving herds of water buffalo through the river itself. So both the movement of the boat on the surface and the water buffalo, obviously walking through the dirt on the river floor, would kick up that sediment. And especially if you have a whole herd of water buffalo it would kind of create a current that would disturb the sediment on the river floor and move it around. And over time, this constant disturbance would leave permanent formations in that river sediment, creating tracks or ruts along the most commonly traveled routes. And the 2019 paper that we'll be talking about calls these tracks hollow ways. So eventually, the marshes dried up, not only in the period that we've been looking at so far, from the 5000s to about 3000 BC, but also as the coastline moved south, as the river deposited more and more alluvial soil into what used to be the Persian Gulf you know, moving the shoreline between modern Iraq and the Persian Gulf farther south into what used to be the Gulf, the wetlands moved south with them, which is one of the reasons why sites that used to be in the middle of the wetlands, you can think of like Nippur or Shuvarpak, not to mention Unug, you know, are now in the middle of the desert, whereas the modern marshes in Iraq are farther south. So now that what used to be the wetlands in prehistoric times are now dry, we can see these hollow ways from space. This paper identified these hollowways via Google Maps and then went there in person to verify. This study was able to identify over 6,000 kilometers of hollow waves. And these are definite signs of human travel. We'll talk about how we don't have any roads as such from Sumerian times, but because we know which areas of river sediment were the most disturbed, we know which routes were the most commonly traveled. And as we'll talk about, we know this because people were still doing a lot of the same things in the 20th century, both paddling boats through the marshes and driving herds of water buffalo through the canals and sometimes intentionally to make a new waterway through what had previously been kind of wet grassland. If you get an entire herd of water buffalo to tramp down the grasses, and again, disturb the soil, you can make a new canal where there wasn't one before. And we have every reason to believe that people did the same in the past. So, without any further ado, here is my interview with Malath Fayada and Jafar Jothari. I mean, first I just wanted to thank you both for making the time to do this. I'm really excited to talk to people who are actually involved in the field. Can you introduce yourself and talk about what got you interested in, in archaeology?
1: Hey, Malath. Miss, يعني عارفة عن نفسيش و اختصاصيتش و وبالظبط يا يعني يا حق الرحلة بالآثار وين جاي الدوامي. نعم. Okay. راح أحكي
2: بالإنجليزي.
1: إيه بالإنجليزي.
2: Hello, Alexander. I'm um, Mala from Iraq. I am studying archaeology in al Qadisiya University, faculty of archaeology. Uh, actually, my father encouraged me to study archaeology, and also I love it. Good answer. Now I'm studying master degree.
0: Yeah, you mentioned you were studying the war between Uma and Lagash, which I also find extremely interesting. What do you like best about archaeology in Iraq, and do you have any favorite sites or periods to study?
1: Hey, Malad what's the important Oh,
2: Early Dynastic.
0: nice and can you talk about the organization the grandchildren of the Sumerians?
2: Actually, the grandchildren of Sumerian uh, they are my friend study and work. دكتور Include... تقدر تترجم لي؟
1: <تصفيق> <تصفيق> okay
2: هم مجموعة من الشباب مختصين بالآثار والتراث هم كلهم أصدقائي بالعمل وبالدراسة اللي مهتمين بالفن.
1: Yeah, so um, this NGO actually, it's a group of uh, young uh, archaeologists and they are actually, most of them from the uh, middle uh, middle of Iraq, Mm -hmm. uh, from Babylon, Najaf, Diwaniya, Samawa and Nasiriyah. Um, they are they are all uh, uh, archaeologists or uh, historian. Uh, they are uh, so active in social media. They organize um, trips to uh, archaeological sites and post it on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, they post uh, they they you know they do their posting in English and Arabic. Uh, and uh, they think that this is the first group uh, on social media that deal with um, Iraqi heritage. They focus on um, raising awareness uh, about the importance of uh, Iraqi heritage, and of course, uh, they need uh, the local community and the Iraqi government to focus on the, you know, endangered archaeological sites uh, or uh, the beautiful, the beauty of. Uh, the Iraqi ancient and modern heritage.
0: Awesome. Can you talk about uh, just like the history of water management, like intentional water management in southern Iraq before about 4000 BCE?
1: Malad, I'll get Hadithin on Daratil Mia, Yanibal Elbel for Rabak, Lanila, or Kabla, or Bad, or Nohail Fetrayan. Come on,
2: Dictor. Dictor on his good, good, damn, and no Mokabele, for Anakhaletha, the أنت مختص بصراحة
1: صحيح، وهم يريدون يريدون يعني أنت تحكيين باعتبارك ممثل عن عن ال أحفاد السومريين فأنت تحكي وانا ترجم معك مشكلة؟
2: زين أنا شغلي هنا حتى ما حضرت بصراحة إنه مجرد إنه قلت إنه أستاذي جعفر جودري إنه هو م مختص بهذا الشيء فأنا أترك الإجابة إليه لأن من عدة تعلمت هذا الشيء.
1: أي يعني أي أي معلومات تخص شو اسمه تخص
2: يعني إحنا كلنا تمام راح بدانا احكي شلون ما علمتنا أنت دكتور أوكي أوكي إنه صراحة هي ال الحضارة تكونت من خلال النهرين القديمين يعني إنه أقدم نهرين اللي هو حضارة وادي الرافدين نهري دجلة والفرات من خلال هاي النهرين المواقع الأثرية كانت تتشكل حول الأنهار القديمة. وتتكا الانهاء المواقع الاثريه تتبع الانهار فدكتور كمل هيته
1: اي لا بس لازم نسولف حتى انا على الاقل يعني مصر مصر اللي يعني حد لا وعرف اي سؤال
2: اي دكتور فانه من تشكلت القرى القديمة بدا وبدت بدل الانسان يعيش احنا بالبداية بالمصادر قالت انه يعيش بالكهوف والملاجئ وبدا يتطور بن ننتقل من حياة الكهف للحياة العامة إحنا نقولها من بداية بالزراعة يهتم بداية يشق القنوات على مود استفاد من عتب حياته اليومية بعد ذلك من بداية يستخدم إيده وبالصناعة ويصنع الأدوات ويستخ يعني الأدوات من الجمع والألتقاط إلى الإنتاج بعد ذلك هنا صارت نهضة التطور اللي هي بعصر فجر السلالات ازدهرت القرى وازدهرت المدن ازدهرت الاقتصاد بصورة عامة من خلال التجارة والصناعة والزراعة بدأت المدن تتطور بدأ الإنسان يشق القنوات بصورة منتظمة بهندسة جدا رائعة ودكية يعني إدارتها صراحة إحنا هذا الوقت ما جاء ينسوي مثل إدارتهم
1: أوكي so the early type of, uh, or the early shape or way of irrigation in southern Mesopotamia uh, started maybe before the period, when people actually gathered um, uh, close to the uh, Euphrates or Tigris or any river there. They, they thought about how they can move or divert, divert the water from the river to the land to make mm-hmm. it irrigated land. Um, so, we think uh, that um, uh, there is a place called a uh, crevasse play. It's a geomorphological feature. Uh, mm-hmm. It's normally uh, formed when we have an early um, um, stage of river uh, mm-hmm. because the, the levee is actually so soft. Then we have uh, this feature. Uh, so people actually look for this feature and uh, try to control the water there and uh, divert uh, uh, the, the water uh, so they can control the mouth of this feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, its look like a fan and then we have a mouth so um, the water that come from the river to the uh, i mean outside or to the count to the floodplain, uh, then they can they can control uh, the small area we call it the mouth of the cribrace play and yes of course they and uh, this in this area or this, this place uh, water can be managed and they manage the water there so they start cropping or farming uh, this area and of course by uh, by the time they gain more experience. The more the the more number we have of people, the more sophisticated uh, irrigation canals, and then of course they started to dig and divert uh, more uh, canals, uh, and of course they they then they realized that building dams is also an increasing uh, controlling water or water management. Then we have um, a wide area, and people actually started from there, uh, and then. Um you know, we have lots of, they, they have lots of fertile soil there. And, mm. uh, yeah, they they started um, irrigating the required, you know, farm. Uh, and, of course, during the time, their experience actually grown up. And, uh, yeah, they they controlled uh, most of the southern Mesopotamia.
0: No, I had never heard of a crevasse play before, and I just looked it up you were talking about it. And I'm going to have to look into that now. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's um. a, a paper actually about that and uh, it explains how the people actually, uh, maybe one or two households, they, how can they control the crevasse the play and uh, they can uh, make it for their interest. I mean, they can divert the water, they can control uh, the mouth of the or the joint area between the, uh, the crevasse play and the river.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm and can you talk about just what hollow ways are and how hollow ways form in a marsh environment
1: yeah so hollow no, ways عندنا على or شلون تتكون و شلون وين يعني وين نلقاها
2: تمام هي عن احافير استخدمت التي تعلم تعلم حول كيفيه سفر الاشخاص بالماضي احنا بال يعني من خلال البحث اللي اشتغلناه دكتور احنا والباحثين قسمناه انه الهولويس لثلاث طرق يعني جمعناه كثلاث ثلاث مناطق اللي هو السفر المنتظم من المستوطنات يعني اللي هو بين المستوطنات القريبة والسفر من وإلى المستوطنات يعني اللي شوية أبعد احنا نقول محلية وبعدين السفر between
1: no. Okay, no. so Holloway is um, actually it's a new term, uh, and it's a different feature, actually. Yeah, It's like um, a relief or a negative relief mm-hmm. uh, that uh, can be formed by uh, human activities. These human activities, whether it's uh, Walking by themselves, I mean um, the people, or just they guide their uh, livestock or driving uh, boats or even uh, you know the the cart with the mm-hmm. with those with horse or their uh, and any other animals so it's um, recording of uh, the people movement um so when when someone or anyone actually go on forth uh, in, in one place, then that that place or that line will be um, a negative uh, relief. So we we spotted these uh, features in the marshland area uh, in southern Iraq, of course, and also in the middle of, of Iraq. Yeah, so it's um, uh, we have... Lots of types actually, in uh, from these uh, holloways. For example, th- the most uh, um, well-known, well-known type was the boat, the, the mm. holloway that uh, was formed by boat. Actually, so imagine you have a vast area of marshland, and there's, you know, uh, islands in these uh, marshes. So people actually uh, gather or live above these islands and of course they have like everyday movement from the uh, island or the settlement let's say they go out at the morning uh, for harvesting uh, reeds or for fishing or um, you know for maybe farming mm-hmm. um, and then back uh, at the night so they uh, everyday they go on uh, back then they will form like a line uh, that line or road of course, the, the movement will uh, you know, make the, the water actually also uh, moving and the movement of the water, of, of course, it will uh, make a trace on the, on the surface or the ground. Um, then we have like a, a hollow way. So when, we, when these actually um, um, the marshes dry out, then <clears throat> we have that print or the, the trace. Uh, we can actually spot it uh, by satellite image. We can go actually do ground truthing, and of course we will see that trace. So it looks like a radial radial shape or radial things when we have mm-hmm. the settlement in the center and surrounded by uh, hollow ways. So we spotted like uh, 6,000 uh, kilometers of this hollow ways And um, of course it uh, gives us a good idea about the movement uh, in the past uh, and uh, the traffic in the past I mean mm-hmm. uh, yeah so in terms of the age of this holloway uh, it's uh, let's say controversial because uh, people sometimes think uh, these holloways cannot be reserved preserved for a long time mm-hmm. and all of what we can see it's uh, it's the modern let's say modern, modern holloways. Uh, mm-hmm. not modern i mean these days but at least it's the same age of the marshes the age yeah. of the marshes in southern iraq it's no more than you know islamic or so mm-hmm. anyway but sometimes actually we have uh, archaeological sites away from the marshes but they do have um, holloways so we think these holloways are uh, older holloways can be found in two countries in in iraq and syria so far mm. We don't we don't know we don't we don't have an idea about any hollow and and other countries. It's um, yeah it's ancient ancient roads. It's really interesting and uh, the story of formation of these hollow ways is actually interesting. Uh, so not not everybody actually. This this term or this type of ways is not common in, in archaeology. Few people know uh, about that. Uh, maybe no more than five or six paper being published mm. about this uh, uh, interesting feature. It's interesting, um, and uh, when we when we explain this feature actually to in our audience, in our ordinary, ordinary audience, they were actually amazed about that because they they fully understand the way that. Holloways actually form it, and they would love it, and most of the people actually they ask us as to go there and see by themselves the, the hollowways. It is the mm. only maybe the only type of road that can be seen so far. I mean, we have lots of ancient roads being mentioned, but uh, can we spot them on the ground? This is the question, so we can actually we can spot the hollowways, so the hollowways it 's the the oldest, maybe, or the f- the first type that can be reserved and be kept for the next generations. Yeah, of course we have maybe lots of let's say Roman roads in the in in the, in the UK or inside Europe. But do we mm-hmm. have them preserved uh, until now? It's, it's yeah, maybe there there were mentioned in uh, in historical texts. But uh, yeah, for example, there there should be a road between let's say. Uh, London and Manchester, for example, but can we see it now? Can we trace it? So this is the question I mean, uh, but um, when you go when, in, terms, or in terms of in terms of hallways, okay, we can see them on the map, and then we can see them on the ground it 's uh, the only as I mentioned the only type of way that preserved
0: no, yeah, I remember uh, coming across a paper by um I'm going to butcher the names, but Tuna Kaleji and John Wainwright in 2021 talking about uh, holloways around Tel I know you mentioned in your paper that the holloways up near Tel are much wider, yeah, probably but- caused by large flocks of sheep rather than boats in the marsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So only Syria and Iraq. Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, in the paper, you two mentioned the ethnographic examples. Of modern people in the marshes intentionally creating these hollow ways, just like leading herds of water buffalo to kind of trample the plants in a certain path, and also by you know using their boats. Do you think that they were intentionally creating these hollow ways in fourth and third millennia?
1: Yeah, actually, we 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 believe that the present is the key for the past. Mm-hmm. So the same people, the same animals. And the same needs of movement that are forming now the hollow ways, actually it was forming the ancient hollow ways. So if you go now to the marshes, you will see uh, people live inside the marshes in islands or in a highland or a hill, and then mm-hmm. surrounded by water, and the water is filled with reeds and other wild gra- grasses or wild bushes. Then, actually, when uh, we we saw uh, we saw the people, the current people, I mean, moving from their houses at the morning, they they are taking all of the water buffalo with them and their boats, and then traveling or moving how uh, far away from their from the settlement. Following, you know, the the trace of Holloway, and then they back actually at the end of the day. Of course, this uh, movement actually repeated every uh, every time. Then, mm-hmm. yeah. So it is the only way actually that uh, can uh, form Holloway. So we think that it's the the present movement is the key to understand the old uh, movement or the old um, way of forming Holloways. Of course, um, you know we have not only water buffalo. We have donkeys, we have cows, sheep, and of course, boat. Actually, sometimes boats uh, uh, they can they can form um, holloways. So uh, yeah, holloways is not simple feature. Of course, it's a uh, complicated. So whenever we know we need details, okay, there is um, so uh, lots of things actually can be you know discussed.
0: Do you know when water buffalo were first herded in southern Mesopotamia?
1: Well, maybe, yeah. I, I don't uh, I know exactly, but um, you know that we, we found lots of like a drawing or something like that, uh, mm. or painting, or relief, or even uh, terracotta, or you know, small. Um, you know, some people they 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 do actually uh, draw water buffalo, even mm. in a, a period or older. Really, I did not know that, yeah, so water buffalo actually uh, maybe they 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 started earlier, yeah, so water buffalo and then donkeys and then horses, yeah, right, and then camels, so you see that in order, yeah,
0: nice, so in this study, the 2019 paper, you mentioned that over one in four sites that could be dated along Holloways were occupied during the middle Uber period. So do you think this represents a change in population, like population growth during the Middle Uruk, or just different strategies of living in the marsh and you know, managing water?
1: It's As I mentioned, the uh, the age of the Holloway is something controversial. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have a mound or a hill. Uh, that mound actually... They, uh, dated back to
0: So, unfortunately, the sound cuts out here, but he's talking about a mound that was founded long before the Islamic period begins in the 600s CE.
1: Then, during the Islamic period, actually, this mm-hmm. mound actually flooded, right? Mm-hmm. And then the area around the, the the mound actually flooded. Then people came, and then, of course, they will live over the, the mound mm-hmm. during the Islamic period, let's say, or Sasanian period. And then they used the site, you know, as a settlement. And then, of course, there is marshes around it. Then you know the story of formation of holloways. And then people actually went, and the marshes, the Islamic marshes, actually dried out. Then we actually used the remote sensing to identify the holloways. Mm-hmm. Then we saw, okay, this this uh, this site actually is from the Middle Babylonian, and the mm-hmm. holloway, it's also we think it's it's uh, from the Old Babylonian, but actually they are not. The Holloway came later formed by the people who lived over the site so it may be uh, later so the age of the Holloway uh, not necessarily represent the movement of the people in that time so right. people can actually uh, made uh, the Holloway a thousand years after occupation of that town. but anyway we don't know actually so that's why actually we assumed okay if we have a site from Middle Babylonian and we mm-hmm. found holloways around it then these sites uh we are guessing it's uh, below mm-hmm. the same age as the site mm-hmm. so you see i mean we cannot say uh, for sure the age of the uh, holloways ways uh, are similar to the age of the site you see right because okay no, now we have the marshes and of course lots of archaeological site inside the marshes if you go today to the marshes and you move your boat then you will make holloways and maybe tomorrow the uh, the marshes will be dried then mm-hmm. uh, the holloways actually was made yesterday rather than the age of the marshes you see what right. i
0: mean i mean that makes sense that you know we can't know for sure it just It's really interesting that this major, that so many sites were occupied during the middle Uruk period. At this time, when we also know that so much other stuff was changing. Obviously, the the Uruk expansion, you have what may be migrations from Mesopotamia into Iran, uh, into Susiana. But I guess it makes sense that we can't know for sure. Yeah. The paper also mentions that starting around 2700 BCE, more sites are concentrated along straight lines which the paper interprets as evidence of artificial irrigation instead of sites alongside natural waterways. Did I have that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, actually, it's um, so obvious and so clear uh, because when we have less number of people, less skilled number of people living randomly in southern Mesopotamia, of course, they will uh, build their settlement close to natural river. Yeah, when the people actually um, um, get more skills, and they expand their uh, settlements. Of course, they dug um, huge uh, canals uh, by themselves and then uh, why they uh, need to live to the natural River anymore. They don't need that, actually. They, they can actually uh, live close to the man-made irrigation canal. And, uh, of course, the nearest uh, line or the closest line between two points, it's a citrate line. Then they dug um, their canals in a citrate way. Uh, they lived actually close to the citrate uh, uh, canals. Then, actually, when we, we can see now, during I mean, using satellite image, we can see like a, a citrate line or s- nearly citrate line of uh, uh, settlements. And uh, during our uh, fieldwork investigations, uh, we found that, okay, this is uh, a man-made canals and these are actually uh, settlements were built close to these uh, canals. So this is a common thing and uh, we're very well known thing in, in Southern
0: Mesopotamia. Right, so it's an issue of, you know, people dig uh, you know, straight canals from one site to another and then now they have the straight way to get from that site to another site. You could build new, you know, new sites, new villages, and dependent towns, and so on, alongside what used to be not next to the river. So the canal reinforces the new settlements, and the new settlement reinforce the canal, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, you know sometimes people use these canals for uh, traveling. Mm-hmm. So when people actually dig canals far away from from the natural mm-hmm. river, and then mm-hmm. they build farms, right? So it's they cannot actually travel from the new farms to their settlement which is close to the natural river then mm-hmm. they sh- they have to build a new settlement because it's uh, you know to save energy to save time then actually they found it easy to build the new settlement whenever they dig new canals and this mm-hmm. is the common thing actually in during the Sasanian period uh, if you if you see the the Sasanian uh, settlement pattern. then mm-hmm. you you will see like it's a straight lines uh, not like a random occupation
0: and yeah do you think that has to do with any kind of advancements in political organization or you know temples or palaces or organizing more people
1: uh, well, of course they they, have, they do have they they were having a state so mm-hmm. uh, everything were organized by by the state so, right. because uh, one household or two, they cannot dig even a small canal. So right. there was a huge amount of labor. They are everything were organized and well managed. Uh, you know, it's not uh, like um, uh, random, randomly things or uh, or this this organized things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a state organized things, and right. lots of people actually wrote about that. How can The state uh, organizes water management from digging canals Mm -hmm. and uh, you know farming, and uh, the the household actually has less power. They can only manage their farms, small small farm. They cannot uh, manage the uh, large canal. So the large uh, managing the large canal is below canal is the government, but managing a small farm or small canal Mm -hmm. is below on the
0: farmer. Awesome. Thank you. So that was all the questions I had. Do either of you just want to you know, talk about things you like about archaeology, things that are interesting in the field these days, what you hope members of the public knew about what's going on in archaeology?
1: Yeah I actually I, I would love to make uh, archaeology understandable for the ordinary people rather than a sophisticated argument or complicated argument that can only be understood by uh, academics mm-hmm. it's look like yeah we can uh, I would like I would look I would like to introduce archaeology like um, a cartoon movie or uh, you know uh, <laughs> oh. disney or yeah, or hollywood yeah so uh, it is it is it's uh, it's really enjoy- enjoyable when you see when you heard about the past uh, mm-hmm. people actually accidentally or naturally they love the their past or the past of the human beings right uh, people uh, uh, always ask about the history or the origin of of things, uh, the oldest, the first, uh, the youngest, uh, the primary things. Uh, that's why actually people love sometimes the old old picture, for example, mm. or uh, the old uh, model. Uh, now uh, people, um, you know, for example, uh, uh, the old cars, for example, now the, the, the price of the old car may be. In, uh, s- So expensive, so um, archaeology or history is really interesting uh, subject, uh, and uh, it should be like uh, you know it should be should be produced for the people for their leisure time. You know, sometimes we do sport or we do swimming or something mm-hmm. in our leisure time or playing or sport. Yeah, I mean, the past should be like sport. So, when it's sometimes people actually uh, willingly or voluntarily or uh, they wish to play. So, uh, history or archaeology is not a subject, it's not a science, it is um, hobbies or um, something uh, you can read it actually, when you have a spare of time. Uh, So we can actually teach uh, or advertise or outreach archaeology and history Mm -hmm. uh, in that way, rather than writing a paper in sophisticated academic language, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that's it. Yeah, I don't agree with that because Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we are, you know, dealing with with people history,
0: yeah, I, I certainly agree. That's why I'm uh, doing this as a hobby. Um, yeah, yeah. So I fully
1: support you, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I need, I need to see lots of people actually uh, like you, like your program, because uh, you know, it's a, it's a people things. Uh, it's antique parts. I mean, people love it. So, for example, I would love uh, to preserve uh, a site with its holloways. Mm-hmm. And then it should be documented and kept from the modern urbanization. Right. Yeah, or old canals. We have like uh, obeyed, obeyed period canals, or sometimes we have Sumerian canals still there, but you know, mm-hmm. farming and agriculture actually is damaging them. Right. So we need to see them because this canal was dug by people and uh, during the Sumerian uh, people. Just my mm-hmm. time, I mean. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you.
2: Ma salama.
1: Yallah,
2: Allah malak. tired a little No,
1: you bye. Okay, see you. See you.
2: Thank you, Alexander. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.